Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the In the Numbers podcast. I am your host, Jarvis All of the East Metro Steam Partnership. Yes, you're hearing it right. It is still in the Numbers podcast, formerly the Real Steamy podcast. You haven't you haven't went to the wrong place. You're in the right place here. And today we have a very special show. Uh, we went and, and double dosed on the guests for you. Uh, so we are pumped up. Uh, and today's number, because it's in the numbers podcast, we bring you the, the latest and greatest in the world of STEM and STEAM from in the numbers out in East Multnomah County. The number for the day is 2000. And why is 2000 important? Because 2000 was the year that I graduated from Gresham High School. So I had to take a nod back out to folks uh, from Gresham High School, GHS in the house, golfers. We're doing great things out there. And we have some special guests that are going to talk about some really cool things that are going on uh, at Gresham High School and the Gresham Barlow School District. Uh, first, I'd like to bring on uh, our, our guests. Give a big round of applause for Morton Hagen, who is the... Vice President of Product and Customer Success for Sam Labs. We're going to talk a lot about Sam Labs, so give him a big round of applause. And we are also bringing in uh, Mr. J. Roger Hay, but the J is silent, uh, the uh, innovation coach over at Gresham Barlow School District. So give both of them a big round of applause. Thank you both for joining me today. On this fine morning. It is great to be here. Thank you so much, Jarvis, for, for having us. Yeah, man, that, that clapping is loud. Got to tell them to man, die it down. It's, it's definitely, you know, we, you know at, at first we used to do it before a live studio audience, you know, but, <laughs> you know, we, we just decided to zoom in all the audience. So, uh, and because we're STEM, you know, we use virtual reality to just import even extra you know, we use AI technology to even have an even a more studio audience. But I just have to laugh because when I when I seen your, your your profile about the tomorrow bus, which we are going to talk about today as well, uh, Roger. You know, you have on there that the the J is silent, and I couldn't help think about Silent Bob. And so I'm like, okay, you got Silent J now. <laughs> you know, That's you right. know, it's J and Silent Bob, together. and so now it's just Silent J. So it's like they. They've combined forces and 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 all into into one person. Uh, but thank you both. They cut Kevin for Smith's budget. <laughs> you know, budget cuts, so you got to put them together. You know, they could they, they, they couldn't <laughs> afford both of them. So you, know, you you ever notice that when the you know one of the high price actors just isn't in the movie anymore, so that you know, we have to pretend. I hate it when they did that with the Office. I was like, this is not the same without. Uh, Steve Carell, like, mm. no, this is not The Office anymore. This is like the cubicle. That should be a whole totally different show. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thank both of you for being here. And y'all are right. I wish I, I should have started recording before the show. And that's what, what tends to happen. We have so much fun kind of in our in our pre-meeting and pre-discussion that we're like, hey, we're, we're missing out on some of the good content here. Absolutely. Uh, 
But but yes, that's why 2000 number all the way in 2000, I was but a wee lad over at Gresham High School. There was no tomorrow bus at Gresham High School at that time. And so I'm a little disappointed, uh, Roger, that 21 years ago, you didn't have this tomorrow bus out there at Gresham then. Because I didn't get to, I didn't get to, to have any fun with it. I know. And then somebody dropped the COVID juice. So now we're all stuck not being able to climb yeah. on the board. On the so bus. what we need to do is just go ahead and park the bus right in front of my place so that I can relive what I should have been doing 21 years ago. That's right. We got a pie cave too, so you can just play some old school video games. Oh man! Well, you know, I just got a PS Five, so I'm trying to pretend like I'm new school uh, a little bit. But my, uh, I have I have my 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 gamer headset and everything, and my my eight year old daughter comes in and she's like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Like I'm I'm." She's like, "You're talking like a gamer." I'm like, "I am a gamer." He's like, no, you're not. I was like, hey, hey, hey. I just, uh, as many quarters and nickels as I spent on Pac-Man and Street Fighter 2 at the arcade, I'm a gamer. So, um, you know, Martin I Martin and I will help you flip it. We'll, we'll help you, you know, turn it into like $1,000 profit. I, see, I was the cool <laughs> kid in the neighborhood because I, not only was I the first in my neighborhood to have an Atari 7800, Oof. you know, which you were cool if you had the seventy eight hundred, not the, not the, not the earlier, which was the twenty four hundred, I think it was, or whatever it was. But if you had the seventy eight hundred, you were cool. You were the cool kid on the block. But I was the first one with a power pack, right? And nobody else serious. on the block had a. Yes, you can't tell me I'm not a gamer. I had a power pack before anybody else did on the block. That's <laughs> And now having a Picade, that's what makes you the cool kid on the block. So Roger cruising around in the Tomorrow Bus, he's he's bringing all the game to all the kids. Yeah, <laughs> literally yeah, so, the game. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let let let's start, Morton. Let's let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Sam Labs. Uh, what what you do, what the products are, and then how you've been working with uh, with Gresham Barlow on some cool things. Because we had a discussion, and uh, I was like, hey. We got we got to talk about this on the podcast because the, the the products that you're putting out there that that's helping with learning, engaging with. Let me not tell it because I'll go ahead and be talking too much about the cool stuff you guys are or you all are doing. But but I'll let you tell. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Jarvis. Uh, it's it's really great to be here with you guys. And uh, as you said, you know, we're having having some good laughs before the show as well. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today um, and being invited on. So. I, I just want to address the elephant in the room first, which is uh, my accent. So clearly I'm not from here originally, uh, even though I live in Portland, been here for three and a half years now and absolutely love it. Uh, originally from Norway, which looks You'd be a lot surprised. like... There, there's, a, there's a lot of folks here with that accent, so you know. You know <laughs> yeah, and a lot of, a lot of Norwegian Jersey. names floating around. We had, um, we had a lot of folks, ever since we got to Major League Soccer, you know, we have a whole <laughs> lot of folks that... You know, walking around with European accents that are mm. from like the Woodstock neighborhood or uh, from Park <laughs> Road. I'm like, hey, just because you went to one Timbers game, that doesn't mean you're all of a sudden Mr. International out here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. So I definitely feel at home, and there's a there is my crew here, and and, and pick it up here now again. But um, yeah, originally from Norway, but I've been living in the U.S. for for some time now, and and it's been a real pleasure to be able to work with 
uh, not just uh, Roger and the team of Gresham Barlow, but working with districts across the metro area and, and uh, across the state. And actually, I mean, worked all over the, the country. But I try to do as much uh, locally as possible. Uh, it really keeps my wife happy that I don't have to fly in and out uh, every week. Uh, so the more I can do with our schools and, and educators and stuff in the metro area, uh, the better. But um yeah, so essentially, you know, Sam Labs is a STEAM encoding company. We we provide different kinds of solutions uh, to help encourage uh, and in, uh, engage and inspire kids essentially to get interested in this type of stuff. Um, you know, we, we're not trying to turn every single kid into a, a programmer or into an engineer, but we're really trying to teach them skills like problem solving, critical thinking, really how to become prepared for this crazy, uncertain, tumultuous world that we live in and that is increasingly becoming more and more crazy every year. Um, and so it's really about those broader skills and, and getting them ready for that. And how we do that is by uh, empowering educators. So, you know, if you put an iPad in front of a kid, in front of a two-year-old, they're going to figure out how to use it. But to really provide consistent opportunities for students to learn these skills, we need to work with educators to give them the tools, the mindset, the know-how to provide these opportunities for their students. Uh, so big emphasis that we have uh, is really about connecting with and supporting uh, teachers. Um, and what we offer them is basically a range of uh, different things that come together as a whole package, right? So we got uh, our curriculum, which is super important for us. Uh, that's really what gives you a reason and a purpose behind doing these activities. And as fun as it is to go on the Tomorrow Bus and play uh, on an arcade, uh, you know, we also want the kids to learn something, right? It's not just about having fun, even though uh, having fun with these things is is really easy. And that's part of what motivates and engages kids. But at the end of the day, we want them to actually learn some stuff, right? Because it is this is an education after all. Um, but so our, our curriculum and our, our lesson plans uh, is really what gives you a, a it, purpose to it, bring it into the classroom. And I yeah. do find it interesting, though, it's like, you know, we we have to we have to come in and wait wait a second, kids. Hey, 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 have way too much fun. We can't yeah. <laughs> we can't allow this this fun to be happening. You you all cannot be learning if it's fun. Like no, you have to just if it's fun, there's no learning going on. But uh, you know, I contend, and that's one thing I really like about uh, your products and your work with with Gresham Barlow, and then what they're doing with the Tomorrow Bus is. Because it's fun, mm. now now students want to engage a little more, and they're initiating the learning process. So yeah. it's not just me telling you, hey, you learn this. It yeah. is, wait a second, this is fun. I want to know how to make this go to the next level. So exactly. I play exactly. this game. How do I do it? What's the yeah. stuff behind it? How do I program this? How do I change some other things? And even though stuff maybe start to get harder because they're having so much fun in the introductory piece, they're diving a little bit deeper to see kind of what, what things they could dive into. But, but, yeah. uh, you know, when, when you all do, cause I think there's going to be some, some openings now that, that come up when they have the, the fun police, let me know. Cause I want to apply for that <laughs> position just so I could come in and tell the students, no, you're having too much fun. You can't be. Uh, we can't allow that to continue uh, in a learning environment. <laughs> exactly. Is that, uh, is, that, is that how it works, Roger? You come in when the when the when there's too much, like a fun meter in the in the, in the tomorrow. Yeah, bus. yeah. So we can we can I check guess, that too. It's <laughs> yeah. So it's like it, it just and I think you can do it remotely now. So if it's too much fun, 
it's like, you know how they have the thermostats on your phone? So like, like you turn it down <laughs> or turn it up. Like you can turn down the fun if it's, if it's, it's a Chrome extension now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To not yeah, continue the activity go. unless you stop having fun. <laughs> yeah. So go, go ahead, Mort, because we're having too yeah. much fun. So I got to stop. <laughs> us with having too much fun. But it's a, no, Jarvis, it's, it's, it's a really great point. And, uh, by no means, uh, am I uh, discouraging fun? I think that you're absolutely right. That that's what the hook that's going to get kids interested. And, and one of the things that we try to do with the, the activities and lessons we design is tie it into what kids are passionate about, right? Having fun. That's something that everyone is passionate about. Who doesn't like having fun? But you know, if kids are interested in music, how do you tie these skills into music? If their kids are interested in sports, how do you teach them to problem solve in the world of sports? How do you use that as a vehicle or as a platform, as a, as a hook to get them into, you trick them into learning these things by making it relevant and exciting and fun for them, right? So it's not just about sitting down and copying a piece of code on a screen and that's it. It's, to, you know, really kind of engaging them and, and meeting them where they're at, right? Going to the area of interest that they're in and whether that is sports, music, history, social studies, English, video games, robotics, whatever they're interested in, we can find a way of using that as a, as an area to then engage them into, uh, to, you know, like I said, trick them into learning these skills and, and wanting to go deeper down the rabbit hole of, of STEM and STEAM and computer science and all these wonderful things that we talk about. Right. So that's a really important aspect of when we're designing our curriculum is, uh, is making it diverse, making it interesting and tying it back into what kids actually care about. Cause that's how you're going to get them engaged. Uh, and that's what it's like in the real world, right? Like, you know, technology is, relevant to every aspect of our lives. There's not a single thing that we do these days that doesn't have some element of technology. So why shouldn't that also be the case in school, right? You know, you, if you're really into reading, you might be reading on an e-reader, right? Or you might be, you're reading things online, like all those things, so much of this is consumed through technology. Um, or, you know, authors write their novels on technology, on laptops, right? So why, why shouldn't that be part of reading and writing in schools, right? So it's really about kind of opening up and, and showing the purpose and the value and answering that, why am I learning this? By by connecting the dots between different areas of the real world, different areas of interest for kids, and then tying these skills into that. So that's what we try to do with when we design our curriculum and our lesson plans and activities is really make it relevant and make it uh, accessible. But also from the teacher's point of view, make sure that they feel confident that the kids are actually uh, getting some learning outcomes from this, right? That it's tied to the standards, that it's tied into what they need to be teaching, um, especially when we work with classroom teachers or when we work with teachers that are trying to fit this in and integrate this in some way. How do we help them find those opportunities to do that? You know, if they're going to teach a, a science unit on earthquakes, instead of just reading about earthquakes and then doing a, a report on it, can we get the kids to build an earthquake simulator? Can they observe how a building shakes when the ground underneath it is, is moving, right? Make it experiential, make it interactive, but from the teacher's point of view, help, help them to find where they can do this so they, they don't have the burden of having to figure out how am I going to teach my kids coding when I don't have time during the day and, and flipping that on, a head, on its head to them seeing those windows of opportunity where they can make it more fun and engaging with the students and at the same time also bring in that problem-solving, computational thinking, critical thinking, all those wonderful skills in that uh, in that situation. So the, the, the curriculum and, and the lesson plans and what we do there uh, and, uh, and how we design those is really, really important for us. That's why I always like to lead with that because without that, then it, it and it's 
important as the fun is, it, it can be just a fun activity. We want to make sure that there's also some sound educational practices and some uh, pedagogical foundations to build on there too. Um, and then beyond that, of course, we have our technology side, which is both our software and our hardware. Uh, so we have on the hardware side, the Samas makes these wireless Bluetooth blocks. Uh, each one has a unique function. There's different types of sensors, you know, like a light sensor, pressure sensor, proximity sensor, uh, a fun sensor that measures the fun levels that you're having so that the, <laughs> we, it automatically stops the activities when the kids are doing stuff. Um, I'm joking about that, of course, but you know, we have a different no, range. No, Jarvis thinks you're serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Put a little disclaimer there. There is no fun sensor yet. Might be something to consider in the product development pipeline, but um, different kind of sensors that, that respond and, and uh, tie into the world. And then we've got different kind of actors like buzzers and, and motors, like servo motors, DC motors, lights, like all these fun components that basically make up electronics that we know it. And we've broken that down into building blocks that kids can build projects with. And then all of those are programmed through our uh, our different coding apps. They're available uh, on an online platform that works across all different devices. Uh, it's called Sam Studio, and we have uh, block-based coding, which you know most people that get started with coding they'll they'll start with block-based coding, and so that we have a, a platform for that, uh, which is really good, especially for the, the slightly older kids in middle school and down kind of into upper elementary. Uh, but then we have a unique platform uh, and a whole new coding language that we've developed ourselves called Sam Space, which is really visual. So as the kids are building their systems, there's actual, there's no actual script or code on the screen. It's just images. So they can see a picture of a button. They can see a picture of a motor. If they connect the dots, when they press the button, they'll see that the motor moves and it's really visual and intuitive. And so for younger students, and we work all the way down to kindergarten, um, for younger kids getting started for the first time or for teachers or educators that are just getting started, it's a really accessible and fun way to get into the world of computer science and start exploring the technology in this way. Um, and then they can build from those foundational skills and they can start understanding the fundamental concepts of computer science, like inputs, outputs, cause, effect, different kinds of logics and things like these things. And they can build on that into going to block-based coding. And then for the kids that are really interested on the CS side, they can then go in and learn a script-based language like Python or JavaScript or something later as well. So it really starts them off with a great foundation. Um, so we've got our technology, the hardware software coming together. And then the last part of what we do, which is really important is our support and our engagement with our educators. Uh, and, and Roger knows this from, from us working together, but we're really hands-on in terms of supporting uh, our teachers. We are the polar opposite of a one-size-fits-all. We're the polar opposite of just buying a box and then like we send you the kit and then hope that you guys manage to figure out how to use it. We really want to understand what's the objective, what's the purpose, what are the applications, how are you guys trying to use this stuff, why are you guys bringing this into your classrooms, like why are you putting this in front of the students, what are you trying to achieve with this? And then working with all the teachers that are involved to support them, whether that's through uh, training, whether that's through onboarding, whether that is through professional development, whether it's through coaching. We also go in and model classes for teachers as well. We haven't done that in, uh, in Gresham Barlow yet, but that's something that we can do and, and we've done several times. Really try to help teachers to feel confident, comfortable, and excited to do this type of stuff. Because it can be scary, you know, especially for newer teachers. Like, it's it's can be intimidating, can be scary. And so we want to minimize all those barriers to entry so that we can provide these opportunities for all teachers and therefore for all students as well. So that it isn't just this one kid who happens to have Roger as his teacher who then gets to do all this really cool, fun, engaging, and, and valuable stuff, but that students that are in classes with teachers wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards this, that they also get those the same opportunities, that this becomes an equitable, accessible opportunity for all students, regardless of 
the tech savviness of their particular teacher, uh, that the class they're in. So to all these four things coming together, um, really make up kind of our approach to how we engage, uh, and inspire students, uh, through Stephen coding. Uh, and it looks different in every single situation. We really partner with our schools and with our districts to understand their particular needs and, and what they're trying to achieve. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's hold it right there for a quick second. I want to make sure we, we shout out our, Sponsor for this episode of In the Numbers Podcast. Uh, today's sponsor of In the Numbers Podcast is STEM Oregon, where STEM Week Oregon is May 8th through May 16th. It's the seventh annual STEM Week Oregon, which is a statewide movement to raise awareness, celebrate, and engage in activities involving science, technology, engineering, art, and math. This year, STEM Week Oregon is thrilled to partner with Remake Learning Days across America for the first time. Uh, the theme for this year is Design, Invent, and Inspire. And you are welcome to go to the website stemoregon.org slash stemweek2021 to register events, apply for mini grants, as well as participate in the daily challenges which include Making Monday, Take Apart Tuesday, What Are You Wondering About Wednesday, and more. There's opportunities for prizes. There's also virtual career exploration and virtual field trips and many more activities and prizes. So please feel free to visit the website. That is stemoregon.org slash stemweek2021, stemoregon.org slash stemweekoregon2021. So thank you very much for STEM Oregon for the sponsorship. And I also want to make sure for folks who want some more information on, uh, on, on, on SAM Labs, just go to samlabs.com. There's a lot of information there about, uh, uh, as, as you said, about curriculum and how that curriculum is, is detailed, uh, whether it's learning the code, our distance learning, our creator stories, there's ways to, that those things are, are, are tied and, and, and the pedagogy is, is shown uh, throughout that particular piece. Uh, and there's information about the actual solutions around the blocks and how those, those things work. Uh, it's really cool to take a look at that and see how it works for the various uh, grade levels. So um, I want to make sure that folks have that, samlabs.com. Or if you want people to reach out to you directly, is there a way for folks to to contact you more? Does, is, or is it best to just go to the website? No, I welcome anyone to contact me directly. I love to get uh, to get involved and have that direct conversation. Uh, so feel free to email me. Uh, my email is morton at samlabs.com. That's M-O-R-T-E-N at samlabs.com. Uh, drop me an email. If you want to give me a call, I welcome that as well. Like, Just get in touch. We want to engage and work with, with anyone. Um, and Jarvis, I do also want to mention, if you want to get involved with STEM Labs, we're going to be hosting a couple of sessions during uh, STEM week. So we are going to be doing a, an event for Make It Monday, and we're going to be doing another event for Think About It Thursday. So if you want to try it out, join one of our classes with yourself or with your students. Uh, feel free to check out the calendar on uh, STEM Week's page. You'll see the STEM Lab sessions there, uh, and we'd love to have you uh, try it out uh, with us. Yeah, feel free, and I'm I'm excited for those things because when 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 I was younger, I didn't have those things, 
and uh, you, you 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 have to code by yourself. So uh, it is not the same. I still have nightmares about Dreamweaver uh, <laughs> when I when I first learned to do stuff with websites. Great. Uh, I still have nightmares about uh, Microsoft Access uh, in my in my first uh, database learning stuff. Uh, so those the, those things still, you know, when when I see how you can make a website now off of off of Squarespace or, or GoDaddy or something, I'm like, hey, you have to you have to learn some code here. Go back to Dreamweaver. We actually have to code some of this stuff in. Uh, you know, but it's the the kids can move so much further along with with some of these things, and I loved your visual approach there, where you start with the visual piece uh, before they're they're working on the back end coding part, which I which I think is is fantastic. But yeah, that, that was just a throwback to some of my old uh, coding things, which is why I never went into CS uh, because my introductions were 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 not fun. Me and Coding didn't always get along uh, at that at that time, and part yeah, of that Jar- is because. Go ahead. You know, I was going to say actually that that really resonates with me as well. Uh, so I studied mechanical engineering at university, and uh, part of our degree was doing some computer science. And we, ironically, so I went to University College London, and uh, the computer science department at that university is excellent. The guy who actually built the original SamLab app. Um, was a, uh, an alumni from uh, from that department. But in our engineering department, we had a terrible computer science program. And we were actually learning Fortran, which for those of you who don't know, Fortran is a coding language from the 70s. Um, wow. And it was just awful. It was so uninspiring. Our computer lab was down like two levels below ground in the basement, like tucked away in a corner. Um, and the problems that we were asked to do in, a, in that coding class was just they were so uninspiring and so uninteresting and just really frustrating. And I remember spending so long trying to figure out where the hell I was missing a, com- a comma. And it just wasn't interesting. Man. It wasn't the right kind of grit. It wasn't Man. the right kind of persevering through. And it just completely turned me off wanting to go deeper with it. Um, and and I was so disappointing to have such a frustrating experience with something that has so much potential, right? We weren't able to see what would be possible if we really built out these skills. Um, and, and that's actually one of the things that really appealed to me when I first came across Sam Labs, when I joined the company, you know, almost six years ago now was that it was everything that I loved about engineering, all the problem solving, making things work, tinkering, playing around, prototyping, and not having to worry about where does that comma go or where did I forget a parentheses in my code? You just make things work. And that hook has actually reinvigorated my passion for computer science and gotten me interested in going deeper with it because it started really nice and easy and fun, right? But I did not have that Man, experience when I first I'm, I'm met telling you, that, computer science. Woo, you brought back flashbacks, you know, starting with C++ and, and some of those things. And Man, I remember a lot of my stuff was DOS-based even before that. And, oh, just you, you mess a comma in a full page of script and uh, nothing works. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that used to... And what? You... And it's, it's important to know that even even in, in in Europe, you had your computer labs in the basement. I don't know mm-hmm. why they used to do that back then. I went to Oregon State, and uh, at the business school, our computer lab was in the basement. I was like, why why are yeah. computer labs in the basement? Why can't we have the window open, have some sun in? You know, everything's in the basement. It's a dusty basement at that. 
Now, of course, it looks nice at Oregon State. They have a whole new business school where they where they build really nice stuff and they have uh, the 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 teaching in the round thing, which I thought was interesting. And now, with some of their classrooms, uh, you you go in and there's a laptop that's connected to the seat, and all your notes are in the cloud. So no matter which class you go to, you can save all your notes everywhere. I'm like, man, this is kids are having it nice. I, I used to, have to, you know, take my books and have your notebook, and you know, if you if you had a laptop, you were kind of cool. Like now, everybody's like a requirement to have that. But uh, no, I, I I appreciate your products, and I think a lot more students, and I think that's really an equitable approach that a lot of people don't think about is is uh, and we and we do talk about a lot with our with our work a a a you know a racial equity component uh a socioeconomic equity component but it's also about making sure that those teachers that are working with our with our most diverse students have access to those tools that they can use because if the teacher doesn't yeah. know how to do it or if the teacher's not engaged in it then they can't have that opportunity to the students and far too often it was dependent on what teacher was excited about some of the technology stuff yeah. for that to be brought into the classroom. And that's why I like, uh, which is why we're bringing in uh, uh, Roger over here, uh, instructional coach over at Gresham Barlow to talk about his work and how uh, he's making sure that more teachers within the district have more uh, knowledge of, of how to use this tool and other tools and how to tomorrow bus comes in at a piece of that. Uh, uh, feel free, Roger, to just, just talk a little bit of, about that and, and how that yeah, work is going. Sure. And I believe there's it's a it's two of you, right, that are that are really engaged in this work specifically? That's right. We that's right. We have two main ones and we have uh, two instructional coaches that we work together with to get more hands out in the field, as it were. So it's myself and Elizabeth Ross Miller. We're the instructional, the tech and innovation coaches, as we are titled in the district, uh, kind of helps differentiate us from just your tech department coach, who <laughs> some people would call upon us early to connect printers and things like that. So we really had to say, well, we could do that, but our, our main focus is the instructional portion of it, the educational portion of it. <laughs> You're like, wait and, a minute, this is not, we're not geek squad here, okay? We're yeah. not, <laughs> we're not here just to hook I'll, up your print. I'll show you where you know. the any key is, uh, that way you can get started. But so we have been, uh, just like Morton summed it up, he, he nailed it. It really does come down to the user experience. It comes down to, the teacher comes down to the kids in the classroom, and that's really where you want to meet your partner in the classroom is, okay, what do you, what fun do you want to bring? And how can we tailor what we have to meet your needs? That was a huge reason why I was pushing for SAM Labs to, to have our connection in our campus-based stream labs, and I'll expand more upon that in a moment. But one thing I loved about the Sam Labs blocks and working with Mort, it's I could tell right away that they designed their product to focus on the needs of the user. And this is something I haven't seen this kind of detail since uh, was Steve Jobs was talking about it with Apple, where they did a lot of their design work. They, they created their products for the user in mind, 
not the other way around where where it was, you know, you and I, you know, we could just geek out on the tech and say, oh, this is fantastic. Now we just need to teach people how to use it. Sam Labs did something different. They decided to go and say, okay, what do you want? And how can we build something that works for you? And one of the, the main features that's, that drew me was always, the blue. I was going to say, that's always surprising that people don't. I've been, I've been doing some work in design thinking. And mm-hmm. it is a, a, a amazing to me how many people think it's a radical concept to actually design <laughs> something that the users want to use. Like, <laughs> how, about, how about we ask the user what they want? No, we can't. We can't do that. That's that's too no, radical. We, that must that must be some kind of political thing where you're asking people how they're going to use something. Uh, I'm like, you might want to ask them. Just a thought. What kind of, like, what kind of magic is that? I know that. And, and that's the, like, it sounds radical. Like this is. Let's try something nobody has ever done. Let's ask yeah. people what they want. Like it is. It is amazing how many people get into positions, and there's oh, that yeah. pressure that I'm supposed to know everything. And it's not that I know everything. It's about the user knows stuff. And how do we mm-hmm. build an experience around the user? I, I'm just surprised by how many people think that that's a radical idea. It is. It is amazing. But go ahead, go ahead, Roger. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want yeah, to point yeah, that no, out. That. I know it's it's profound, and that's that's a big reason why I loved uh, working with the product, especially working with Mort. We were going back and forth over the summer. It seems like the entire summer, just trying to trying to get everything squared away, uh, making sure the orders were coming in correct. Uh, so I guess we'll focus a bit, a little hint on. Happening in the classrooms in Gresham Barlow, so each of the middle schools has been uh, outfitted. Each of the campuses have what's called a Stream Lab, and that's a modification on STEM. So there's some extra, you know, acronyms added in there. The A. Oh no art, no no no! We which, are we are a we are a STEAM partnership. So we we believe in 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 the A, and then you know we're gotcha. working on the R for it being Stream because I know reading is a part of it. So. Uh, right. Stream is big, but yeah, we 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 are we are down with adding the extra letters here. <laughs> so we're, we're so we're, those we're of you listening at home or in your car, <laughs> the uh, the alphabet STEM, Steam, and Stream are considered those all the same. So if this is your first time hearing Stream or Steam, then just know that you are comfortable. You're in the good place. STEM is all the same. So in these <laughs> in the classrooms, <laughs> we wanted to make it. So that there aren't wires hanging out everywhere for kids to trip over. And this is, I'm, I'm explaining the connections from the sensors to a, let's say a little board where you might have, um, uh, you know, your microprocessors, you have, you know, uh, everything that you would have inputs, outputs. I, I'm kind of stumbling over here, but we wanted to have kids play with input sensors, output sensors without all the messy wiring and we just you know that's the fun of learning is just getting hands-on and playing with stuff and should we get to that stage where you want to actually physically connect wires to a device and see what it looks like on the inside of a robot then yeah we can take that leap but for teachers in the classroom and their kids they just want to get hands-on and play and again something else morton brought up is play that's the that is the big selling point when it comes to teaching in the classroom if you can and I've, I've seen this with lots of partner teachers that we have in gresham barlow the ones that really that really connect with their kids it's it's almost a mix of a magic show uh you know the whole smoke and mirrors idea where you're just selling the 
this idea to a child. You're selling the idea of learning. And then they get hooked into it. They say, oh, that looks cool. And then they just start having fun. But in reality, they're learning. They're actually applying mathematics. They're applying physics. But it's all under this guise of play. And uh, again, that's just the the main thing. If you can take away as many obstacles to that connection, to that play, the kids just have fun coming to class over and over again. And yeah, again, one of the big reasons we bought into Sam Labs is because it definitely gets that hands-on connection with kids. Morton was talking about the the new studio that allows you to freehand draw as opposed to block coding. Now, block coding is great. It, it definitely has its uses, and I learned coding because of block coding. But not a lot of kids get into the block coding. It's, it's still a bit too abstract. But one thing I love about the same lab studio is you can just take little icons of the sensors of the same labs blocks. So you can drag your little LED light. You can drag out a little motor and then you simply draw a wire connecting one to the other and you can virtually recreate the, the physical motors and LED lights that you'd see in the classroom and, and kids really dig that they they can really jump into that and then you can peel back the layer and talk about the block coding or you can go straight to you know if it's uh, javascript that you want to explain that controls the coding and yeah i'm just super impressed with that and we do i'm trying to see if i can get a bunch for the tomorrow bus to come around and roll around and uh, so the tomorrow bus if you know this is a, a good segue to it it was an idea well, that on, was hold on just one second sure. let me let me get the let me get the last bus to read in, and then yeah. we'll talk uh, more deeply about the tomorrow bus because I I think that's one I always thought tomorrow bus was was cool uh, when I was doing work with East Metro Economic Alliance was the was the first time I heard about the uh, tomorrow bus when we were doing our state of education event and some information started coming out about tomorrow bus and. Uh, Carla Gay, who's on our our leadership team, was was telling us about it, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool to to take a bus and 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 do this." It made me reminisce about the old gaming buses that that we used to go on and have some some fun with and and stuff. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive more into that because I want to spend a significant time on the on the tomorrow bus and, and the really cool things about it. And especially, there's a site that you all have for the tomorrow bus. Which has a little video on it, and uh, there's, there's a YouTuber with a little teaser about it, uh, which I think folks definitely need to check out. But first, I want to make sure we make sure to remind everybody that today's episode of In the Numbers podcast is sponsored by STEM Week Oregon, which STEM Week Oregon is May 8th to May 16th, 2021, and it's the seventh annual STEM Week, which is a statewide movement to raise awareness, celebrate, and engage in activities that involve science, technology, engineering, art, and math. This year, STEM Week Oregon 21 is partnered with Remake Learning Days across America for the first time. The theme is Design, Invent, and Inspire. They're asking folks to post on social media and use the hashtag STEMWeekOR2021. Go to the website, stemoregon.org slash stemweek2021. You can find out information on various events. You can include your own events on the website. 
as well, and teachers and others who may be uh, providing opportunities for underserved youth and families can receive up to $250 mini grant for supplies. So feel free to register there online with your events. And you can see in the calendar events that also include the daily challenges, including making Monday, taking apart Tuesday, what do you wonder, what are you wondered about Wednesday, and so on and so forth. And as we learned today, you can also see the presentations that uh, Sam Labs is going to be doing on Make It Monday and Think About It Thursday. Yeah. Uh, think about it Thursday. So feel free to sign up for those events, and those are free. You have opportunity to take a look and, and see uh, the particular products that we're talking about that Sam Labs provides. So feel free to go to stemweekoregon.org slash stemweek2021. That's stemweekoregon.org slash stemweek2021. And thank you, STEM Oregon, for the sponsorship. Uh, now, Roger, let's talk about this thing that I'm the most excited about. Don't get me wrong, Morton. I like STEM Labs. I like what you're doing. I love it. But I'm a big fan of the Tomorrow Bus. I was disappointed that there weren't like spinning rims and hydraulics on the bus. Um, Not yet. I was, I was hoping that that would be a, a, a part of it to, you know, make sure it just announced when it comes through that, that people know it's the Tomorrow Bus. But, um, you know, we cut out the spinning rims and the hydraulics, but it's still a fantastic thing. So, so, so tell the listeners out here about the Tomorrow Bus and what kind of cool things it, it allows you to do at Gresham Barlow School District. All right. Okay. We can still get the three-wheel motion if we load it up enough. It, it'll still hey, get that you kind know, of Hey, you know, it's all physics. You see what I'm saying? It's physics. Right. So it's not that's like right. it's not science in this stuff. And that's one thing. I always want to make sure to tell students, and sometimes, you know, I, I joked a little bit about the we don't have any fun and, and, and stuff like that. But what I what I try to encourage educators is whatever, the, you know, really having a student-centered approach. So instead of telling uh, young people when they have an interest in something that either they can't do it or is stupid or it doesn't make any money or it's not a real job or it's not this, Let's try to find a way, especially through STEM, STEAM, STREAM, to help them understand that particular area. So, like, I have some some students that are like, oh, this, this student wants to be a rapper. Fantastic. Let's teach them audio engineering. Or, hey, this kid just plays right. Fortnite all the time. Great. Let's talk about coding and video game development. You know, there's there's always oh, this, all he does is talk about cars. Well, hey, let's talk about uh Let's talk about mechanical engineering. There is a way to introduce uh, STEAM, STEAM and STREAM and STEM into whatever interests the child. And we have so many opportunities there. And there's no reason we can't have a little fun with it. You know, just a little bit. Because like, like we talked about with Morgan, we can't have too much fun. But uh, you know, let's have the... Yeah. yeah, let's have the, <laughs> the fun let's sense. have the spinning rims on there. Let's you know put the spree wells on it and make it make it a little fun. Since we're talking, because the number today was two thousand, you know we could take it back to the when the when the spree wells were popular and the spinning rims and those things. So. You know why? Get some Dayton's on that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'll Throw some Dayton's. Yeah, remember that? Everybody, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know what time it there, is. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> See, I told you it's two thousand. That's why two thousand was the number. We we taking mm -hmm. it back to two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Maybe an Alpine deck. Maybe Kenwood. We'll yeah, see. see. see we can pick up you know, the 808, you know? <laughs> Play a little some mix <laughs> oh, No, we can make some things happen. Well, that was, that was more like, like 90 versus 2000, but, uh, you know, we can, we can, we can do some different things. And like, I, and that's why I like bringing those different elements in because it gets, it gets young people excited about, about doing stuff. It's new. It's cool. It's fun. It's, it's exciting. And they're, they're able to, you know, see how stuff is made. And sometimes that sparks an interest that, Hey, I might want to get into this. But I, oftentimes because folks aren't exposed to it, they don't know, Hey, I, I want to, I may want to do a part of this or I may be interested in that. Or they don't even know those elements exist in the business. And I used to think it was really cool that in that when the PlayStation first came out, the chips, uh, some of the some of the parts for that were made at LSI Logic in Gresham, which is now on Semiconductor. But those chips were made in Gresham, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing in the world!" Like, like people are making things here that are sent all over the world that are you know a part of this video game. Like, this is like really cool to me as I was playing, you know, uh, the NBA Jam or. Uh, or uh, NFL game day or Madden, you know, but I was, but I was, but I, I remember that as a piece like, man, the, the chip to this device doesn't work without folks over at LSI logic now on semiconductor. Uh, and, and, and we have that unique piece because we have on semiconductor out in East County in Gresham. We have microchip out at East County. So we, we have technology in East County. Boeing is in, is in East County. And so, um, and not to mention, we have, you know, other, uh, you know, De Beers with the diamond manufacturers. And we have some really cool businesses out there. So it's not like we don't have a place for them to, to aspire to. But the fact that you all made a bus really makes it mobile. So now it's, hey, we can go to different places. We don't, it's not just, you know, Cal that might have some of the stuff or our one school that might have it. You know, all of the students have access to this. Which I think is cool. I'm gonna stop talking because I'm too excited about it. And Ross, you, you you tell people about it. Okay, all right. Uh, that's the initial. Now, and idea. I'm shopping for the rims right now while, you, while you're talking. By the way. Oh, please do. I so need so that. We, <laughs> we need some chrome ones. I, I, some, uh... I, I, I'll get you that information <laughs> after we're done recording. Sweet. We'll lower it too. Get the get the ride really nice. Yeah, it put the body kit on too. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We uh, so this I I hopped on board with the. With the idea that tomorrow bus, when I was already an instructional coach, it was, uh, I think it was part of the first year that I was doing it. But this was an idea at one of the campuses at Clear Creek Middle School. And we had, uh, this is one thing I love about the district is we had, we had the opportunity for the principal, Dave Atherton, and the teacher, uh, Tom Erickson, who was teaching the STEM courses in the campus. They got to go out and observe Beaverton's Future Bus. And if you haven't talked to G. Bundy, he's the one who manages the the Future Bus over in Beaverton. So they got to see it. They loved the idea. And that was the that was the initial concept of can we can we get this mobile technology lab to the campuses around Gresham Barlow that typically can't get their hands on high tech equipment? You know, can we provide something like that? And so when I came on, I thought, oh, that's, that is super fantastic. So we ended up bumping into G at, in a Beaverton 
uh, event that we were checking out as instructional coaches. And he, you know, we just started talking and we decided, hey, let's brainstorm. Let's kind of flesh it out. Can we do this? And this was a huge team effort from a lot of people in the district. Carla, you mentioned Carla Gay was also heavily involved in this, worked with people in the community, talked it up. Uh, we were able to get so much donor funding and for the bus itself. The bus was donated by first student. There were a lot of community partners that either chipped in financially, worked with us in kind. So Napide Manufacturing worked with us on all the body work. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, still around this idea of can we get tech, high tech stuff into kids' hands? And we already had a great model, have a great, great model in the district with the instructional coaches to partner with teachers to come in and try out new things. So uh, you spoke about Boeing. Boeing gave us a grant to work with virtual reality. And so we have about 19 headpieces. There are Oculus Go's, but we've got them set so that, you know, before COVID, the idea was that we could partner with a class and it's, the students can work together designing 3D realms and they would be able to pop on the headsets to check out each other's worlds and things like that. So we're still working at the moment with the district to find out how we can get the machines out, get all the technology out to the students' hands, along with needing to clean the supplies between classes or getting them cleaned before going to campus to campus. Uh, but that that was the idea. Is we do have really cool, I guess we can call them toys, we have really cool equipment that not a lot of campuses can afford to buy based on the campus budget. So uh, I think everything that we have is donor-funded, and we've got 3D printers that we can take to campuses so that kids can get into rapid prototyping. And we would, we've done all the, the learning curve for the teachers. So we just come in and ask a teacher, well, do you want to do this? Uh, do you want to build, you know, a bunch of little snow globe, uh, figurines, things like that? Yes. Okay. Great. We can take care of all the legwork. We'll bring in the equipment. You get to design the content that you have in the classroom because that is your strong point. And so as the technology coach, we just make sure that all the, the parts and equipment are ready to go. And all the teacher has to do is just hit play and we can get stuff cranking out for the kids. Um, games, a lot of it is just in that disguise of fun, of play. But yeah, when you when we have a talk with the kids, there is a lot of science involved, a lot of physics, a lot of math. Uh, I can go through the STEM acronym. It is completely in there, and it just gets kids curious. It gets them thinking, oh, I never knew that was possible. And probably what I love is that they can take it to the next level. So the bus idea is fantastic, but I want kids to say, oh, I bet, I bet I can make a bus that runs completely on solar power, or I bet I can make a uh, the bus run on lithium-ion batteries instead of the, you know, like the lead-based batteries that are that are in the bus itself that kind of allows us to run our, run our equipment. I, I'd love playing a part of uh, just, just kids being able to take it to that whew, uh, flying cars type situation. Uh, and that's what it is for me, you know, getting to see how a 3d printer works. Now I know, you know, the ins and outs of it. I'm more fascinated on the immersion based uh, 3d printing, the prototyping, uh, things that take less time that are more precise. I'm, I'm now hearing about, it's kind of late, but I'm now hearing about 
3D printed human organs that are being able to be used in surgery. It's just kids taking one idea and just advancing upon it. And it's, it's, um, it's just fantastic to be part of that with the, the bust and especially getting it up and about in the district and to connect it with the Oregon STEM month, STEM week. We, uh, an idea that Elizabeth Russmiller, my, my colleague, coworker, she had came up with this idea. Can we extend that week in Gresham Barlow? And so we are pushing it for the entire month of May, a Gresham Barlow STEM month. And it's a challenge to go for the whole district to have kids work and play with either in school time or out of school time. And it does give them the chance to take pictures, uh, you know, send them to their parent or send them to the teacher or if they have parents permission to send them online to post it to, you know, not only play part of the Oregon STEM week, but also we have prizes for the district as well to be able to hand out to the kids. And it's just really building that planting that seed of STEM and just uh, making it big and larger and, and just have more kids come out of the, out of the hallways in class when we have class again, who would be proud to know a lot about STEM. And, um, cause I can remember being a kid when I was growing up, the fact that I knew about computers and tinkered with them, it was almost a, a closet thing. And I grew up in the South. So if you didn't talk about football, and or if it wasn't baseball, then you're you're different. So the fact that I knew a lot more about computers than most of my classmates, it was it was a um, something that was pretty suppressed. So it's great being able to grow up in a time where kids can be proud of their computer science knowledge. Yeah, I, I am definitely happy for that. I remember in the, in, in, in in my days, all we got for 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 tech was 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 Mavis Beacon, and, and I learned how. To, the type with home row, but it's, it's, it's hey, don't knock baby speaking. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not knocking the baby's bit. That was that was the thing, you know. That's my it was, thing too. And in my time, it was you know you only had you know one, you know, especially in middle school, we only had like one computer, like in the library. <laughs> missing two keys, computers too. in the library, or like you had the you know I don't know if you all remember when you had to wheel the projector from class to class, like. Yeah, that's how they, they would will. They would will yeah. like an Apple two, and we would have you know, a, you know, two hours with it on like a Wednesday, and you would get to rotate in the class. But that's it was your computer time was essentially playing Number Munchers or uh, Oregon Trail, like that. Oregon was, Trail, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Oregon. It, it was Oregon Trail. You know, I never knew anything about dysentery until uh, Oregon Trail. Uh, <laughs> But I did love number munchers. That was my, that was my game. That's what got me excited about math was was number munchers. Uh, well, any any kind of last things you want folks to remember? I know for the tomorrow bus, there's a website. If you just Google uh, Gresham Barlow School District tomorrow bus, there's some information on on there. There's a a Google site that they made about it that talks about why it exists and why is it tomorrow bus. Uh, there's information there about uh, both of the the tech and innovation coaches, Elizabeth Ross Miller and and Jay Roger Hay. Their information and contact is there. Uh, and teachers are able, of course, to schedule stuff uh, about their class. There's a really cool uh, movie like uh, video premiere uh, kind of deal for the for the Tomorrow Bus. They call it Tomorrow Bus Teaser. So uh, you can see that on there. It's it's really cool. Although 
you know, I would have liked to see Falcon and the Winter Soldier be in that uh, in that uh, advertisement, but we'll work on that a little bit later. Uh, but I want to make sure people know that there's there's still opportunities. If if you're a business, tech company, uh, anything, there's still opportunities to make in-kind donations for the Tomorrow Bus. Uh, if you want to just give funds, there's funds for that. If you want to help them get another one so that there's two Tomorrow Buses, I'm sure uh, Gresham Barlow won't, won't, won't turn that away either. So, um, you know, feel free to learn more about that on the on the website. But anything you want to leave people with as we as we head out, Roger, or, or more than anything at all, about the Tomorrow Bus, Sam Labs, anything you want people to remember? Yeah, actually, uh, Jarvis, I was just thinking, you know, we've we talked a lot about all these very high-tech, awesome solutions. And obviously, from our side, we we create some amazing technology and the potential of that and the potential of the types of things that, uh, you know, the Tomorrow Bus has and, and brings around is is incredible. But uh, I would also just encourage anyone to to get started with STEM, STEAM, STREAM uh, in, in different ways. You know, you don't need all this fancy equipment to get involved and to get started. Um, you know, you can, you can start with just recycled materials and some free activities online. You know, uh, the, even though the, the technology and these, these types of equipment can really boost what you do and unlock a lot of potential, um, you don't need all that fancy stuff to, to get started. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, if, if you have ideas, if you start thinking about things, I'm sure Roger or Jarvis yourself or me, we'd love to have a chat about, you know, what you could do uh, with the particular circumstances set up that you have. And, and you know, there there are no barriers to start getting your kids to start problem solving and thinking in a different way and experiencing these things in different ways. Great. Roger? And I'd, I'd echo that. that yeah, I'd, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd echo yeah. that. Really stay curious find out just follow your passion if it's something that you want to know how a microphone works if, you know you could google it or take one apart if you got an old one and just explore and always just keep asking questions don't let no well, stuff stay, you stay curious we might we might we might steal that one as our as our sign off thing uh you know stay curious my friends that might be that might be the new one so uh everybody give a big round of applause again for Morton Hagen, the vice president of uh, a vice president of product and customer success for Sam Labs, and a big round of applause uh, for uh, Roger Hay, who is the uh, tech and innovation coach at Gresham Barlow School District and uh, uh, co-leader of the Tomorrow Bus. So I thank both of you for being here and taking the time to, to talk about what really cool things you have going on.